All right, so let's get in, back into Psalm 23. Can we do that? Uh, talking about no fear, no worries. We're going to get into message number four today called He Leads. Everybody say He Leads. He Leads. He leads. All right, so now it, it's a challenge sometimes when we hear these familiar passages that we, we're accustomed to, we got in our memory banks and all that kind of thing. It's, it's kind of hard sometimes to hear them in fresh ways, but that's why I'm bringing you the different pictures, showing you the context, uh, trying to focus and break this down little by little uh, so we can hear it in fresh ways. David here is bragging on his shepherd. He's bragging on his shepherd. It, it, the Lord is my shepherd. I want everybody to know that. I want, I want them to know how good he is. Now, also the idea of the word shepherd is in the Hebrew language is really akin to the word friend. Now, you know, free parking for whoever can tell me in the Bible, the, the person that was called the friend of God. Anybody know about who that was? Anybody? There's one person in the Bible that has that name, has that designation, that he was the friend of God. His name starts with a Ab Abraham. <laughs> okay, Abraham, that's right. So this idea that, that he's my shepherd, he's my companion, he's my friend. And I believe God wants us to grow into that relationship that, that you know, we, we go from servants to sons and daughters uh, to friend, you know. Uh, I believe that's a closeness that God wants. That's what this psalm is really about. It's deeply, deeply personal. And we can, we can handle life come what may. We don't have to fear any evil because he's with us. We can worry less about our, our needs and our cares because he's going to take care of us. Amen. That's what this psalm is all about. Come on, stand with me as uh, we read the text together. You ready? Psalm 23, let's read it together. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We just give you our attention. We give you our minds. Lord, we just pray that you would renew our minds and our hearts. Help us to hear from your spirit this morning. Help us to hear your voice loud and clear. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated again. So we want to major on the second part of verse number three. Well, let's talk about this idea of he leads me in the path of righteousness for his namesake. Let's kind of unpack some of that and see what all that means. Now, notice the cycle of trust that's building already in Psalm 23. You've got the, the Lord is my shepherd, and here's what all he does for me. He, he makes me to lie down in, in what? What does it say? In green pastures. He leads me beside still water. So he provides for me. The, the psalmist is, is trusting the Lord because the Lord has proven himself to be his Jehovah Jireh, his provider. Then, then he says, he restores my soul. He, he refreshes me. He brings me back. Remember we talked about the, the idea of restoring and bringing us back, whether that be back from, from exhaustion and back from discouragement, or sometimes that's almost back from the grave sometimes. You know, he brings us back to the fold sometimes as well. He restores and he restores in order to lead me in the right path, right? His restoration has purpose in mind, and that is so that I walk rightly. 
So see the, see the progression. I've, I've learned this about God. He provides. I've learned that he restores. I learned that he leads me. Now, now back that up. Let's, let's just go in reverse right there from he leads me. We back it up. He leads me to walk on the right path. And as I walk on the right path, my life's restored. And how many of you know that, that restoration is a miracle sometimes that happens instantaneously? And then from the instant miracle becomes a process of time where God begins to put you back together the way he intended you to be. We're still on that journey, aren't we? He's still restoring us. So as I walk this right path, he restores to me the whole idea of what life really is and how to live it and how to enjoy it. Jesus called it abundant life. I want to give, give you that. I want to lead you into that. And then he restores me, and as I continue to walk with him, I find more green pastures, and I find more still waters. He continues to provide for me. You see the idea? And this whole idea of trust is building between David here in the psalm and between God. The same needs to happen in us. We know him as provider, restorer, the one who leads us and guides us. He's our constant companion. You realize that, right? He's with you. You know, he's with you on the days you feel it. He's with you on the days you don't feel it. Now, let's get back into the setting again. I want, I want to show you some, some things. We're going to show you a video here in just a second. Uh, this is the Judean wilderness, right? The desert. We're in the open range country. Now, this is not on the farm in the corral. This is in, in the wilderness, the wild country, okay? You see the word wilderness right there? It's, it's the word wild. Anybody go out in the wild sometimes? And it's wild. It, it can be a beautiful place, but out in the wild, it can also be a dangerous place, can it? This, this idea of what the Judean desert is, the Judean wilderness, this is a picture or a metaphor of life. It's not the only picture of life in the scriptures, but it's one real important one. Okay? Now, we're out in the open range territory. There's no feed store. There's no supply store. You can blow your whistle all you want. The police is not coming. They don't, they don't live out there. Okay? You're, you're on your own. You have to learn to fend. You have to learn to take care. And in, in the psalmist's case, he needs to learn to depend on God. We need to learn to depend on God. Okay, so I want to show you this video. It's only about a minute long. Okay, uh, Ashley, can we hit that video? This is from the Above Israel DVD series I purchased years ago from Preserving Bible Times. Just take a look at this, and I want you to see Psalm 23. Okay, now this is some of the wilderness area right here. This is where this psalm would be written about. He's going through all this place, okay? Now, anytime you see green grass in, in, the, in the valleys, what's that a sign of? It's a sign of water, isn't it? Right? Now imagine walking. This is like walking through life. Okay? You can get kind of rough sometimes, can't you? Be kind of dry. Be kind of parched. Now look over in this canyon right here. You see Psalm 23? The valley of the shadow. Uh-huh. There it is right there. You see it? All right, now look on this hillside as we approach right here. See, we're flying in this helicopter. You got that? Watch your, look on this hillside. See, I told you this was shepherd country right here. Look, look, that's Mosley Bridge Church right there on the hill. All right, a little flock. Now imagine this. He restores my soul. He brings me back. Now, you see, it's not that hard to get lost in this territory. You know, that's, that's where he found me. He left the 99, and he found me right there. You see what I'm talking about? This is the idea of Psalm 23, where we are. This is the idea of life, where we are. Life's not always easy, is it? It's not always a smooth, easy street, easy path. It's more like these hills and valleys and ups and downs and hot and dry and cold and all kinds of things happen in life. Okay? This is the setting now. Are, are you starting to get it drilled in your head? 
Now, what I want when you read your Bible from now on, when you read Psalm 23, when you hear the word shepherd, when you hear the word sheep, when you think about paths and when you think about all the valleys and all those kind of things, I want your mind to race to these pictures and this idea. Now, I wish I could get you on a plane and take you to Israel and do what I did and study it like for real right there. Anybody, anybody game for that? <laughs> we'll, we'll work on some of that. Okay, you're gonna have to get your hiking boots on, and you're gonna need to probably lose 10 pounds. Okay, <laughs> not not no insult, but I promise you, you either lose it here or you'll lose it over there. I promise you. All right, but but it's it's just amazing. I want you thinking like that. I want you to see these pictures because this is the context it's written in, and I'm a firm believer to, that we get into the context and understand what the Bible says, and then we can pull it into our word world. Let's just unpack that that little part of that verse right there. He leads me. Everybody say that again. He leads me. Now, Jesus' call to everybody that we see him calling in the scriptures is, is real simple. It's a real two, it's a two-word call. What is it? You remember? Follow me. That's, that's his intent, is that we learn to follow him. Do what he does. Hear what he says. Work it out. Walk it out. Right? Jesus calls every single one of us. It's Christianity one-on-one. He leads, I follow. I remember when I was studying this the other day, the old song came to mind. Where he leads me, I will follow. Where he leads me, I will follow. Where he leads me, I will follow. I'll go with him all the way. Something like that, right? (laughs) Except for the last part. (laughs) I I did a search on YouTube for that song, and I heard Willie Nelson singing it. I I really did. Go ahead, Willie. All right. Now, this idea of following, okay? Now, when we think about following Jesus, sometimes we get scared to death about all that because instantly, it seems in church world, people think of, I'm, I'm going to have to go to the bush in Africa. Or we think about, he's, he's talk, telling me to follow him to heaven, which that's the ultimate destination. But he's talking about you living your daily life following him. Every step of the way, every day of your life, Jesus has a plan, he has a purpose, and he wants you to follow him not just on the way to heaven, thank God for that, but he wants you to follow him into Monday, into Tuesday, into the job, into Walmart, into the soccer field, in, into wherever you go. He wants you to follow him into that area, okay? Learning to follow Jesus is the real big idea of the New Testament. Right? Now, how, how does he lead us? How does he lead us? John 10, that's the Good Shepherd passage. That's the passage where Jesus declares himself to be the door to the sheepfold and to be the Good Shepherd. He declares himself to be the way in to the sheepfold and he declares himself to be the Good Shepherd over all the sheep sheep, and the Good Shepherd who lays his life down. That's John 10. In no uncertain terms, Jesus in John 10 ties himself to be the Good Shepherd of Psalm 23. He ties that knot real tight. Now, how does Jesus lead us? He says this in John 10. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Is that on the screen right there? Can you read that with me? My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Here. Here. Do you hear it? Have you heard him? Your ear is a real important thing, isn't it? It's a real important thing. In fact, he, he gives us some parables about some of the things that make us hard of hearing. You know, the cares of this world and all the the deceitfulness of riches and all that kind of thing. Remember the parable of the soils? Remember the four souls, the four hearts? And he talked about why all these people have such a hard time hearing. Hmm. Here. And he says, I know them. I know my sheep. You know, when, when he called us, 
let me just say, like, when he called to follow me, he called my name. He said, follow me, Ron. You know, and whether he used that term or not, I, I knew it was me. I knew me was me when he said, follow me. Didn't you, didn't you know that was you? He, he calls us, each one of us, by name. He, he's such a personal shepherd with us. He's not, it's not just that he has this huge flock. It's that he has me as a sheep. Hear him call your name. It's an interesting thing that when Jesus was resurrected, remember, Mary did not recognize him until he called her name. She said, Mary, oh, I know that voice now. Huh? He knows you. He knows you. He knows you inside now. He knows you're good, bad, and ugly. He loves you anyway, doesn't he? All right. Now, and we follow. We hear, we know, and we follow. We hear, he speaks, we know his voice, he knows us, and we follow him. That's our relationship. That really could sum up the, the totality of our relationship with Christ on this earth. Now, there are three primary ways that we hear and know his voice, and this is worthy of much more teaching than what we're going to give today. But three primary ways we hear and know his voice. Number one is the word. It's the scriptures you have right there in your lap, in your phone, in your Bible. We, we know him through his word. He reveals himself through his word. He reveals his nature and character. He reveals his revelation. He reveals his will through his word. So one of the primary ways we know his voice is to know his word. And then as we know his word, we begin to know his spirit. And his spirit speaks to us. and We hear his spirit. And the spirit's job is to take the word of God and make it the voice of God in your life. There's a difference. Because that Bible can just be academic to you if you're not careful. It can just be you learning and feeling a devotion time and feeling good about your religiosity and all that kind of thing. Or it can literally become not just a book, but it can become the Word of God to you. I like to say it like this. Have you ever read the Bible and you're reading through maybe your daily devotion? Maybe you've got a little section of Scripture you're reading through and something just jumps off the page. I call it reading the Bible in 3D. It just kind of leaps off the page. You know what? You need to understand that that is the Spirit revealing to you the Word and probably the bread for your day, Amen. the daily bread. Just, just begin to react to that. Now, what I've learned to do, now, you can continue reading if you would like. That would be fine. But somehow or another, when that jumps out at you and the Word and the Spirit prompt themselves in your life and it jumps out, you need to meditate. You need to think about that. You need to make that something you think about all. Write it on a piece of paper. Type it in your phone. Send a text to somebody. Share it with somebody. Think about it. Chew on it. Because there's something in there that he wants you to see. There's something in there he wants you to hear. You got that? All right, so the word, the spirit. But we also need wise counsel. That's some of our teachers and, and, and people and other believers in our life and people that are more experienced than we are along this path. We need wise counsel. Amen? Amen. Now, the wise counsel has got to agree with the word and the spirit. Now, put them in that order in per on purpose because the spirit and the word always agree. The wise counsel has to agree with the word and the spirit as well. These are the ways, these are the primary ways. It's not the only way. God can speak to us through anything. You know, he, he can speak to us through a tornado. You understand what I'm talking about? <laughs> that's, that's part of my story, okay. <laughs> but the word, the spirit, wise counsel, he leads us. He's going to lead your life with these things, all right? Now let me talk to you a little bit about the shepherd song. Go ahead and play that, will you? Okay, now there's, there's something in, in their culture, ancient culture, called the shepherd song. Now, the shepherd would stand at the community corral. The community corral was kind of where all the sheep had gathered in. 
All the sheep from all the other shepherds, they all gathered in. They, they spent the night in this sheep hotel, basically, right, in the corral. The shepherd would come to the gate of that corral, and either with his voice in song, or maybe like this with a flute, or maybe with one of them ancient guitars, it's called a harp in the Bible, he would begin to play or sing a song to the sheep. And then he would walk, and as he sang, the sheep, listen, this is, what, this is what the text is teaching us. As he sang and as he spoke, the sheep that knew his voice would leave that corral. And they would say, hey, that's my cue. That's my shepherd. And he would walk and he would lead them out. I hear Jesus saying something. I, I, I will lead them out. And then he would lead them back in. That's what he does with us. And as that song plays, something in our heart awakens. That's my song. That's his voice. And follow him. And we walk. We walk with him. Not just in church on Sundays. But we need that voice on Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Maybe especially on Wednesdays and Thursdays and Fridays, right? But it's the shepherd's song, right? It's when his voice has a melody that echoes in my heart. And I know that's why I belong to, I belong to him. And I follow him. And he leads me out. It's part of his voice. I, I don't know if you have some favorite songs. Sometimes I hear his voice in some of my favorite songs. My favorite worship songs. I'll spare you singing them all right now. Because if I start singing, we'll be here for days. <laughs> the girls get, they laugh at me. Because I just walk through the house. And, and in fact, I was singing that one the other day. And I just walk through the house. Oh, how I love Jesus. And that's all I sing. I just say that part right there. Just that little part. That's all I needed. I just, he just, something hit my note. Some, some note struck my heart. And I, I just heard his song. And you know what that, the more I hear. Now, and what's, what was this song playing? Amazing Grace, right? How did you know that? How many times have you heard it? A whole bunch, hadn't it? So how do you know his voice? We hear it. We hear it over. I hear it in the word. I hear it in the spirit. I hear it in the song. I hear it in his people. And the more I'm around it, that's why we have Bible studies. That's why we, we gather together. Your ear needs to be trained to hear his voice. If not, you'll hear all the other voices and you'll go the wrong way. Ask me how I know that part too. Man, I hear it. Time to walk. He leads me with his song. Right, you get the point, right? It's a shepherd's song. Tune your ear to his melody. All right. He leads me. We learn his voice. We learn his song. He leads. We follow. We need to be better followers, don't we? All right, now what, what the, what's this idea of passive righteousness? Let, let's, let's get into some more pictures here. The past, he leads me in paths of righteousness. In paths of righteousness. Let me show you some paths of righteousness here. Okay, now if we were to zoom in and some of that, that flyover we were doing earlier, if we were to zoom in, you would see on some of these hillsides, you would see these little paths. Can you see these little scars in this mountainside, these little paths? That's, that's some of the shepherd's ideas of the paths of righteousness for the sheep because those paths make, it, make the sheep able to navigate that terrain. Okay, now go to the next picture right here. Now, that's a zoom in 
on the side level of that same mountainside, right? Okay. You see the path, how it's laid out? It's only about that wide, maybe a foot or so wide. And right in here, remember the green pastures? Here's your green pastures right here in the dry seasons. Here's your green pastures. Remember we talked about that? If, if you need to catch up, you can get on the podcast and look at some of this kind of stuff. The green pastures, there's grass right there in those, those rocks. And those paths enable me to be able to eat the green pastures. Okay, let's go to the next one. Now, notice the path can get kind of treacherous sometimes. Can't life get that way too? Yeah. Get kind of difficult. It sure can. We're going to talk more about the dark valleys next week, Lord willing. Now, notice this path. Now, you've got to trust God for every step of the way. Okay, you know how today's world is. You know, you hear these stories, these tragic stories of people that are in these wilderness places and somebody fell off a cliff because they were trying to take a selfie. You know, that, that crazy kind of stuff. But he, this is the truth about this wild countryside. You've got to learn to trust God for every step you take. You've got to learn to trust Him. And not only that, you've got to learn to be mindful of every step you take because that path is only about a foot and a half wide when this time of this Psalm 23 was written. It's just a small little path. Now what happens if you get in la-la land and you decide you just want to just kind of be case of Sarah and don't really care, whatever else? I mean, you're going to end up down in the bottom of that gully. That's not going to be a good day. Now this is a picture and a metaphor of life, okay? You've got to take every step intentionally. If you take your eyes off the path, it could end in some bad stuff. Okay, go to the next one here. Now, sometimes on the path, this is paths of righteousness. Sometimes on the path, it's a little rough and it's a little steep. It's hard to walk by yourself. You see, there's a picture of me right there coming up that hillside. And that big old six foot six boy right there, my friend, he, he had to help me up that path. Now, let me tell you what the, the natural inclination of me is. Is If somebody's trying to offer me help, anybody want to guess what natural inclination is? I got it. I got it. I got it. Well, our, our shepherd who was on the trip at this particular time, he, he, he pulled us aside and he said, you know what? I've been noticing some of you guys. I think you're all big and strong, but your day's coming. You think you're all bad and you think you can do everything by yourself and for yourself and you don't need anybody. He said, but I saw you refusing help. Why would you do that? That's what he asked us. Why would you refuse a helping hand to help you up that steep cliff? Why would you refuse? Well, are you, are you just want to be macho or you want to prove what you can do? What, what? And he said this right here. He said this. He said, every time you resist somebody helping, you resist them getting a blessing. And he said, so every time somebody offers you help, give it to them. Let, let them do it. Let them give it to you. Now, I, I want to do it by myself. I train hard. I work hard. I do that kind of thing. And I, I, I want to be strong and I want to do it by myself. But I learned on this trip and I've learned in life, my strength doesn't always make it. I need other people to help me. Sometimes the path gets a little steep. And you need each other. We need each other. We need the body of Christ to check on one another and say, hey, how are you? Hey, sis, what's happening? Hey, bro, what's going on? Where you been? Path a little steep. When they call you, you don't have to tell them all your business, but just take the help. Take the help. Right? I think this next is the same illustration. We're down in one of those canyons right there. We're actually descending down this, this hillside right here. And you, you'll see that's, that's tough. We've got some spotters right there helping us down. You know, we, we need the shepherd and we need each other in certain parts of the path. 
Hey, a lot of times we can rock, rock along on our own. No big deal. But there will be points. There will be times. You pick up that telephone. Hey, can we have coffee? Hey, need to talk. Hey, can, can you pray? Yeah. Don't resist that. Don't die alone. We can help you. Paths of righteousness, okay? Now, this word righteous, righteousness, okay? We were to take off all the suffixes. What, what do you have left? You take off all the suffixes on the end. What do you have? You have the word right, right? So, in, he leads me in paths of righteousness. He leads me in the right way to live. Now, we live with this conviction as followers of Jesus that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. That's what he said over himself. He said that about him, that he is the way. So if he is the way, that means every way can't be the way, right? If he is the truth, that means that he, he's the truth. Everything else is a lie. Even though it props itself up and, and looks real nice and glitters and all that kind of stuff, everything else is a lie. Jesus is the truth, and he is the life. Now, I want to submit this to you as Jesus said, I am the way. Sometimes we think about that, that he is the way to heaven, which he is. He's, he's the way to the Father, for sure. But beloved, he is also the way to live right. He teaches us the way, the way we should handle our business, the way we should handle our lives. Okay? Now, I want to submit this idea to you. There's two, two thoughts in that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. We, we think about morality, for sure. Okay? There is a right and wrong way to do things, right? There is a such thing as sin. There's right and wrong. There are thou shalt and thou shalt not. You know, a whole lot of the Bible is not real hard to understand, is it? In fact, I, tell somebody, I told somebody one time, I said, you know, the parts of the Bible that bother me the most are not the parts I don't understand, it's the parts I do understand. And a lot of our preaching and teaching and, and emphasis is on the morality part, and we need help in that area for sure, for sure. Okay? So Jesus is the way to live right. He's the way to live in morality. It's the best way. But also this idea of him being the way, he's the way to live in wisdom. So you got, you got the moral code and the idea of living right. Okay? But you also have the idea of living right and the idea of wisdom. We need more wisdom, don't we? Now wisdom is this idea of having the best management and use of our life and our resources. That's wisdom. There is a right way for you to live your life. There's a right way for you to handle your family. Jesus will show us the way. You see what I'm talking about? He'll lead us in the path of the, the right, righteousness or the right way to live. He'll lead us in the path. He'll teach me how to handle family, marriage, and children. He'll teach me how to work. Jesus knows how to do plumbing, engineering. I heard one talking back there. He knows how to do all that kind of stuff. He knows how to manage your business. Hey, he knows how to, how to sell what you're trying to sell in the, in the right way. He knows how to do all that. It, he, you know, you have at your access, you have the wisest and the smartest person that has ever stepped foot on this planet. In every area of your life, it doesn't matter. Family, work, money. We could all use some help in that area, couldn't we? And everybody's wanting more money, more money, more money, more money. Give me more money, right? You may not be getting no more money, more money. You may have to manage what you got. We need more wisdom in that area, don't we? How do we handle that? What about our health and our sexuality and all those kind of things? 
our emotions and our anger. And Jesus has the way to do all that. He's wisdom for us. Ask him. Ask him. Personally, I think he ought to be the first to ask. The first one. He ought to be our first resort rather than our last resort. Ask him. Now, you handle this how you want to, but there's a man in the Bible who had a health issue. He got in trouble with God because he didn't consult God about it and went straight to other sources. He got in trouble about it. He just wants to be the first to ask. He can help you. Now, he may very well direct your path to that physician or to that nutrition or to that whatever it might be. But give him the first ask. He is the way. And I don't know why. It, it, it took me a long time in life to realize that. That Jesus is not just involved in my religious life and my Bible study life and all that kind of thing. He wants to be involved in my life life. In the real parts of me. That's where the rubber really hits the road, y'all know. Because you know good and well we got a way to act in here. But when we're on, out there, it's a whole different deal for us sometimes. Right. I think you get the point. Jesus can make you smarter. Lay hands on somebody beside you and say, Lord, make them smarter. No, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to get you all in trouble. Lord, make them smarter. And give me patience while it comes, right? All right. <laughs> we need more of his wisdom. Amen. All right. So be a listener and a learner. That's what a disciple is. A listener, a learner, and a doer. Learn something from Jesus every day. Learn something every day. All right, now, because see, education can be expensive and time-consuming, can it? I mean, whether it's, you know, whatever kind of education, work education, college education, it can be very expensive and time-consuming, but stupid will cost you a whole lot more. <laughs> Ask me how I know that. I paid a high price for not listening and being real dumb. And there's a real high price for low living. So let Jesus make you smarter. Listen to his word. Listen to his spirit. Listen to his people. You'll be, you'll be better off for it. All right? The right path. How do you know the right path? Well, you don't. Here, I'm not mixing words here, but listen to me. You don't know the right path. The shepherd knows, and you follow him. You see the difference? See, we're looking for the direction when we're supposed to be looking for the shepherd. We're looking for the path when we're supposed to be listening for His voice. We're looking for the way to manifest in our life, and Jesus is standing there. We're looking for something, and the Lord sent us somebody, Himself. All right? He leads me. He le not circumstances. Now, God can use circumstances to lead you and guide you, but that's not His A1 plan. He can, you know why He has to use circumstances to guide us and lead us? Because we're hard-headed and we're slow to listen. So he has to knock on that door. And sometimes he'll knock it over. <laughs> but plan A is the voice, his voice, his voice. All right, we're about to wrap it up here. Let's look at some passages right here. Just read through these real quickly. Psalm 2711. We could go through the Psalms and pick probably 40, 50 passages on the path. Okay. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. That's a pretty good prayer, isn't it? Psalm 119.35. Make me walk in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. See, the commandments are like paths. 
We walked those out. We heard it. We heard his voice. Do this. Don't do that. That's a commandment. We walk it out. You help me, Lord. Psalm 119, 105. Listen to this. You know this one. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Actually, you want to cut those lights out back there, please? Let me show you how this works here. Well, you'll get the idea. I wanted it to be pitch black, but it's all right. You get the idea. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You know what we want? We want God to give us a five-year plan and a 10-year plan, and I got it down. I'm good. I got it in a notebook, and I can read it when I want to read it. Don't you like that kind of stuff? You like that. But his word is more like not five years, 10 years down the road, but it's more like us walking that hillside we just saw a picture of, and I got a little lamp. Now I may can cast that thing down and see a few feet, a few yards ahead of me. But really, what's this lamp designed for? It's designed for my next step, isn't it? And we talk about vision a lot in the church. Vision, what are we going to do in 2020? I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Because he didn't give me all that. And a lot of times it's our presumption that gets us in those modes anyway. You know what he gives us? He gives us daily light. Daily bread. A daily walk. You need daily word. You need light. I need to see my next step. Lord, I, I need to be able to get through this. I've got a decision to make. What's my next step? That's the way the word works. Turn the lights back on, guys. You see what I'm talking about? All right. I think you get the point. A couple more. Proverbs 4, 14, 15. Do not enter the path of the wicked. Do not walk in the way of evil. I hear some wisdom coming out of that. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn away from it and pass on. Next time that stuff comes, you know what you need to say? I'll pass. Proverbs 4, 26, 27. Ponder the path of your feet. Where are you standing? Where are you walking? Where are you going? Let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the left or the right and remove your foot from evil. Here's one of my favorites. Jeremiah 6, 16. Thus says the Lord, stand in the ways and see. Now, the, the, the picture is somebody coming to a crossroads, trying to make a decision which way they should go. Stand in the ways, in that crossroads, and see and ask for the old paths, the ancient paths that come from the ancient of days. Where the good way is, ask them, where's the good way? And then walk in it. And then you will find rest for your souls. Jesus quoted that. Verse right there directly. Remember that? Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me and you will find. Hmm, maybe Jesus is the ancient path. Maybe that's what he's talking about, huh? Maybe he is the good way. The tragedy of this verse is this. But they said, we will not walk in it. Hmm. All right. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. For his namesake. Now, there's a Jewish saying here that's, that, that comes into play. Righteousness for righteousness. That a good relationship, whether it's business relationship, whether it's a personal relationship, whether it's family relationship, a good relationship should be good for you and good for me. Does that make sense? I mean, don't, don't you like a good, let's think of business transaction. If you've got a contractor working at your house, you don't mind paying the guy, but you don't want to be ripped off. And it can be good for him, but if I, man, that's just crazy. Something's not right, is the way we say it. That's not right. That's righteousness for righteousness. 
When we walk from that relationship, it should be good that he got paid and I felt like he did a good job and I got my money's worth. Isn't that what we want? Righteousness for righteousness. We want that in our personal relationships too. That it ought to be right for you, it ought to be right for me. None of this one-sided stuff. Okay, so for me in this relationship in Psalm 23, what do I get out of the deal? Okay, what do I get from the Lord? What do I get? What does he, he do? He provides for me, right? Green pastures, steel waters, restoration, security protects me along this path with his rod and his staff. He comforts me, right? He brings salvation into my life in every form possible. What does God get out of this deal? What does God get out of this relationship? He, he wants something out of it too. Have you ever, you ever thought to ask God? I know we've spent a lot of our prayer time. Lord, this is what I want. This is what I need. Those are all fine. Tell him. You ever stop to think, though, he wants something out of this relationship, too. He said, I want you to understand that I'm doing all this to help you because I love you, and I'm doing it for my name's sake. Hmm. Sounds a little bit like the Lord's Prayer we've been studying on Wednesday night, doesn't it? Hallowed be thy name. God said, what I want out of this relationship is I want honor, I want glory, and I want a good reputation. I want a good name. I want it to be known to all the world through your life that I am a good shepherd. I want the whole world to know that, that I take care of my own. I take care of my people. I watch after them. I lead them. I guide them. I want the best for them. I want that abundant life that Jesus talked about. I want the whole world to know that I'm a good God. And the Lord wants to show you and to show the world through you how good he is. That's what Psalm 23 is teaching us. For your namesake, Lord, you're doing this. And here's the cold hard facts. Your life will either be a testimony of the mess you made or of the miracle God made. Hmm. There's a lot more we could say right here, but let's, let's read this again. Can we read this together? Just the first three verses, that's all we need to. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Lord, we thank you. Thank you for your word. We thank you for the reality that it represents. Help us, Lord. Help us to follow you more.